Welcome to The Breakthrough Hour with Pastor Camille McKenzie. Arise to your dominion. Don't tarry. It shall speak. Who am I speaking to? Pastor Camille McKenzie is a powerful woman of God who was anointed and appointed to execute the spiritual mandate. You must win. She operates in the five-fold ministry to bring deliverance by the power of the Holy Ghost to a lost world. But I come to prophesy to somebody and let you know that Jehovah has the final say. This is your breakthrough hour. Here is Pastor Camille Sophia. We're going to move forward with the word on today. Uh, our theme for today is love is the language of the church. Won't you turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to read 1 to 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And let's read. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burnt but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hope all things, endure all things i'll go to verse 8 love never fails and i'm just gonna go run over to verse 13 and now abide faith hope love these three but the greatest somebody said the greatest of these is love bow your heads let me pray father we thank you for the word god we thank you for the anointing that makes preaching easy God I pray that you will touch God those who are listening now I pray for receptiveness God I curse every demon every wickedness and I pray God for strength and endurance and the power of the Holy Ghost to come upon this word now God Lord I pray God that it will change us because God all of us can attest that there's something about us that could have been lovelier and so God, the apostle Paul said, Listen, when I preach to others, I become a castaway. And so, God, let this word minister to every heart, including myself. Father, even now, let the anointing begin to encapsulate God. And let God, this word, not return void, but let there be an accomplishment. Let love emanate now. Let God, that feeling of love, begin to move. Oh, God, on the Zoom 
the Facebook live in every home. Let there be a sweet aroma of love. Oh God, begin to move now through the airways, God. We pray you kill every spirit of hatred and wickedness. Kill every demon now and let the power of the Holy Ghost begin to move now. God, as we submit ourselves before you, God, wash us in the word. And God, let us not leave today the same way that we came. But let the anointing begin to break up the yokes now as we surrender our lives before your God. Because God, we want to see change and transformation. And so it is in your hand we are putting our lives right now in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Somebody clap your hands and give God a praise in the house. Go ahead and just lift him up. Go ahead and magnify him. I want to give you my sermon topic today. Love is the language of the church. By way of homiletics, three points. Point number one, spiritual gifts must be demonstrated with love. Point number two, love is long-suffering and kind. Point number three, love is the greatest characteristic we can possess. By way of introduction, the foundation of the Christian faith is love. When we look at all the religions in the world, we can be resolved to safely say that we can see the love of God entrenched in our faith. The Almighty God epitomized the meaning of love which was expressed through the sacrifice of his only begotten son teaching us that love can only be known only from the actions it prompts. Allow me to give you a brief synopsis of the book of Corinthians. The book of Corinthians was written to correct the issues in the church. The church at Corinth was established by the Apostle Paul on his second missionary journey. However, Paul received news of some disturbances in the church. The major disturbance being sexual immorality but not limited to divisive factions, just to name a few. First Corinthians was written to resolve ethical, doctrinal, and practical problems that had risen in the established church. And so the Apostle Paul decided to send a letter to correct the issues that he now foresee that was happening in the church. Which brings me to my first point. Spiritual gifts must be demonstrated with love. It is Clark that says people of little religion are always noisy. He who, are, who has not the love of God and man filling his heart is like an empty wagon coming violently down a hill. It makes a great noise because there is nothing in it. End of quote. And so the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass and 
tinkling symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profits me nothing. Paul is writing this letter in response to a report from Chloe. Right? Uh, he's writing because of the issues that's taking place. He addressed the issue of eating food that had not been sacrificed to idols. And he dealt with the issue of head coverings and abuses at the Lord's Supper. In chapter 12 to 14, Paul deals with the issue of spiritual gifts. But rather than celebrating one another's gift, the Corinthian Christians have become prideful concerning their particular gifts and dismissive of the gifts of others. Therefore, spiritual gifts have become a divisive influence among them. You see, in the preceding chapters of Corinthians, we also see uh, the Apostle Paul addressing uh, dissension. There was a lot of sexual uh, immorality and uh, there was a lot of incest and, and marriage and uh, sexual misuse uh, and while I was doing the message I said isn't it ironic that a church uh, that was rich with spiritual gift uh, had a problem with love Paul concludes chapter 12 by saying moreover I saw you a most excellent way Right? Uh, in Corinthians 13, 1 to 3, it is evident that he is now showing them uh, the things that they're doing uh, that they think that is so important, uh, but they miss the point. And so in the church, they went after our gifts because let me give you a brief background of the Corinthians. Uh, they, the Greeks like mysteries. They were versed in signs and wonders. So when they got in the church, uh, they sought after spiritual gifts like speaking in tongues and prophecy because they, 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 were, they were much caught up uh, with these gifts. And so the Apostle Paul started with these uh, gifts that is so sought off in the church. And he says, yes, I know you can speak in tongues because you see when you speak in tongues, you are speaking languages uh, that uh, uh, you never rehearsed before. You will just get up one day and you begin to speak uh, and somebody from Africa can understand what you're speaking but you didn't go to York University to study how to speak in that language and some people have the capacity to speak with angelic language you can speak heavenly language that only God himself understand uh, tongues is a powerful gift and they had tongues because there was a point in time when the apostle Paul says listen if so many of you are speaking uh, let one interpret don't get carried 
the way because it's not a showdown to show who can speak more. And then he addressed prophecy. Prophecy is the most sought of gift in the church other than being an apostle. You see, prophecy means to speak God's message to people. You see, under the influence of divine spirit. When you prophesy, it means you speak in forth the mind and the counsel of God. There are two aspects to the gift of prophecy. Uh, there's word of knowledge and there's word of wisdom. The Hebrew word for knowledge is dahath. It means discernment, perception, understanding, and wisdom. Those who prophesy have a higher discernment. And then you have the gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge might be revealed. Uh, it might reveal things to come. Like it will say, God is going to heal you uh, next year, this time. Knowledge is foretelling. Uh, and you see, the word of wisdom now is applying wisdom to what already exists. God will give you the capacity to utilize what already exists and to see it in a higher dimension. And the Corinthians were versed in prophesying. Can you imagine speaking the mind and the counsel of God? Standing as an oracle to speak thus at God. Can you imagine how good it feels that God can speak to you and say tell such and such that this time next year he or she is going to be healed of cancer. Next time this year he or she is going to get a house. Next time this year you're going to gain a fortune. Next time this year you're going to have a baby. Next time this year God's going to work out that situation for you. And so they were rich in giftedness. Speaking even the mind of God. And then the apostle Paul went further. He says that even if you have faith to remove mountain. There's some people, their faith is so big uh, that when they believe a thing, it comes to pass. Uh, they did the kind of person you see uh, that says, I believe God for the unexpected. There's some people that sometimes they are dying and they said the God that I serve, he's going to heal me. Uh, there's some people that when it looks dark as a dungeon, they say, I still see the sun shining. Uh, there's some people that when you throw them lemons, they make lemonade. Uh, there's some people that are not pessimistic. They always see the brighter side because they know that their God can deliver. They understand faith. Faith is the only, I would say, the only weapon that is able to defend. And you can use the same weapon to destroy. Because when Satan says you're going to die, you can defend yourself and say the God that has healed and has raised Lazarus from the dead, he says, 
I shall not die, but live to declare the glory of the Lord. They had faith, they had faith, they had faith. They had faith, they had faith. So they had tongues, they had prophecy, and they had faith. And then the Apostle Paul went a little further. And he says, though I bestow all of my goods, <laughs> uh, and I, I give my body to be burned, <laughs> uh, some people will give you the last shirt on their back. <laughs> uh, some people will give you the last dollar in their bank account. <laughs> uh, so you see, there's a self-sacrificing thing. Uh, self-sacrifice is something that many Christians pride themselves in. Some religion will even sacrifice their lives. Some are big on giving to the poor. You know, anytime there is a mission, missionary cause, you rise up and say, yes, I will give. But Paul wants to edify us with this profound understanding that if we speak with the tongues of men, angels, if we prophesy and speak the mind of God, and if we affect that mountains shall be removed, and we don't have charity, it means nothing. Spiritual gifts means nothing. They don't mean a thing to God unless they are demonstrated in the power of love. You can speak all you want. You can prophesy all you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can have faith all you want. But unless you understand charity, God says go away with that. It's a restart. The church needs a restart. Restart. We gotta get back to the place. It's not time to parade. It's not a show and tell. We're not here to show off the charisma. But we're here to demonstrate. Demonstrate. Paul says, go away with that. It's demonstration time. Demonstrate the love. Demonstrate the love. Because they got carried away. So he says, moving on, verse 4. Love is long-suffering and kind. And when I was writing the message, I said, really, God, this is a hard one. He says, charity suffereth long and is kind. Then he do the B part of what it doesn't. Charity envieth not. Vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. Right? See, at the beginning we see love is described by action words. Not by lofty concepts. Paul is not writing about how love feels. He's writing about how it can be seen in action. You see, true love is always demonstrated by action. You see, love endures long. You see, long-suffering is patient endurance under provocation. Kindness is active 
positive goodness going forth in the interests of others. Love is patient. The Greek is macrothumia. The Greek word macrothumiae is derived from two words. Macros, which means long, and thumos, which means anger. Uh, to be macrothumiae means it to, is to be long-suffering. It means to endure irritants uh, without allowing one's anger to lash out in retaliation. You see, this kind of patience is the characteristic of the Holy God who is merciful and gracious. God is slow to anger and abundant in loving. Now God is calling the church to the same kind of long suffering to each other. Where some people they irritate you. They get under your skin. Good God Almighty. They will get on top of your nerves. And some days you just can't take it no more. But God says just as he can suffer long. Just as we can treat him bad. And he can be merciful to us. Just the same way we can take our sanctified body and give it to Satan for him to use for the season. And afterwards we come back to him begging and crying for mercy. But you can't have mercy to your brethren in the church. You can't have mercy to the people that you see. Soon as something go wrong, you cut them off. You cut them down. You chew them up. And you spew them out. And you come after them like an ignorant warrior. But I come back and tell somebody, love is long suffering. Stand on the eight man. Stay on the eight man. Long suffering. Long suffering. It's long suffering. You have not started to love until you can suffer long. Then he says it's kind. It's kind. The word is, the Greek is Christuitai. It's like agape is an action word. It suggests being helpful. It means doing good works. Uh, you see, the patience of verse 4a involves restraint, holding back negative action. The kindness of verse 4b involves action. It means stepping forward to solve a problem or to share a burden or to meet a need. Uh, and I learned from this one, uh, you see love is kind. You see when you're kind, don't look for no ulterior motives. Kind is just kind. Don't look for anything back. If you give a gift, don't expect the person to give you back something. That's not the love God is talking about. You see, in the church, we think is you give. When I give, you give me back. No, 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 no. The kindness God is talking about is a kind of kindness with no ulterior motives. It means after I give you, it's settled, it's signed, and it's delivered. If you don't tell me thanks, if you're ungrateful, if you're wicked, and if you talk about me after I give it to you, it don't
will matter because love is kind. I'm not looking for no extras. When I give it, I just give it because it's in me to give. Where is the church that says when I give, not looking back for nothing. Somebody say nothing, nothing in return. So there's not a misconception that the Apostle Paul had to correct in this church. Spiritual, but they had a lot of misconception. He says, moving on now for the B part. Charity envy it not. It doesn't vaunt itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemly. It doesn't seek her own. It's not easily provoked. Think it no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Eight things that love is not. The Apostle Paul is very basic. Eight things. He says, when you love, you can't be envious. You can't be proud. You can't be arrogant. And then you're rude. Uh, you're not cliquish. You're not touchy. And you're not suspicious. And you're not happy with evil. He said, love does not envy. Envy is one of the least productive and most damaging of all sins. It accomplished nothing except to hurt. You see, love keeps its distance from envy and does not resent it when someone else is promoted or blessed. Open quote, they are ever willing that others should be preferred before them. Close quote. Then he says, love does not parade itself. Love in action can work anonymously. It does not have to have the limelight or the attention to do a good job or to be satisfied with the results. Love gives because love uh, loves to give, not out of sense of praise. Ah, uh, you don't have to tell nobody that I gave you something. You don't have to let nobody know. As a matter of fact, keep it a secret because I wasn't doing it because I need praise. The church need to go back to that place. Uh, if you do something in the church uh, and the pastor forget it uh, good God almighty don't take it personal uh, don't do it because you're looking for the praise do it because God tell you to do it and after you do it and you never get the praise it's alright because love doesn't parade itself it doesn't say see me I bought this for the church I bought that for the church I gave the church this and I gave the church that oh yes I'm the biggest tither no 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 nobody don't have to know it's about you and God love is not puffed up so to be puffed up is to be arrogant and self-focused it speaks to someone who has a big head uh, love doesn't get his head swelled it focuses on the needs of others uh, so when you love it's not about getting your head swelled up uh, you see both to parade itself and to be puffed up are simple rooted in pride among Christians the worst pride is spiritual pride pride of face is obnoxious pride of race is vulgar but the worst pride is the pride of grace good God almighty 
pride of grace. Ah, listen to what William Carey says. William Carey uh, is thought by many to be the founder of the modern missionary movement. Today, Christians all over the world know who he was and honor him. He came from a humble place. He was a shoe repairman when God called him to reach the world. Once when Carey was at a dinner party, a snobbish lord tried to insult him by saying very loudly, open quote, Mr. Carey, I hear you once were a shoemaker. Carey replied, no, your lordship, not a shoemaker, only a cobbler. Today, the name of William Carey is remembered, but nobody remembers who that snobbish Lord was. His love showed itself in not having a big head about himself. Love does not behave rudely. Where there is love, there will be kindness and good manners. Perhaps not in the stuffy, uh, open coat. Look at how cultured I am. Way of showing manners. But in the simple way, people do not behave rudely. You don't have to be rude. And then you consider yourself to be lovely. Love does not seek her own. Uh, the apostle says, Paul communicates the same idea in Romans 12 verse 10 in honor giving preference to one another and then in Philippians 2 4 carries the same thought let each of you look out not only for his own interests but also for the interests of others ah this is being like Jesus in the most basic way being an others uh, other centered person you're an other centered person not a self-centered person you're others centered not self-centered love is not provoked church uh, we all find it easy to be provoked or to become irritated with those who are just plain annoying but it's a sin to be provoked uh, and it isn't love uh, you see Moses was kept from the promised land because he became provoked at the people of Israel you gotta watch for those people that come to press your button uh, to draw the worst out of you because love is not provoked love thinks no evil I'm moving on literally this means love does not store up memory of any wrong it has received uh, some of us like to write down everything people do to them we have a book and we write down every time somebody do you something you write it down and when you come you take out your book and you says you remember when you remember when you remember when and you remember when but when you're lovely when it happened you don't need to write it down who needs to remember it anyways it wasn't like you got anything good who needs to remember all of that evil who needs to remember all of that toxicity who needs to remember all of those issues who needs to remember all of that god says he take our sins and he puts them in the sea of forgetfulness church of god yes mary jane hurt you and they talk about you and they cut their eye at you and they do you bad 
but God says don't remember it you must forgive 70 times 7 and keep it moving I said go back on the night and erase it I said to erase it erase it from your mind erase it from your spirit erase it from your heart erase it from your soul disconnect yourself because if you don't it's gonna mess you up love last thing he said love doesn't love does not rejoice in iniquity it is willing to want the best for others and refuses to color things against others instead love rejoice in truth love can always stand with or on truth because love is pure and good like truth you don't need to get excited when your enemy crash you don't need to get excited when something happened to their children there's no excitement ah, when the wicked fall down you don't need to get excited ah you got to say lord have mercy you know they are wicked good god almighty because love does not rejoice it's not we're gonna have a party because such and such had done me such and such and you know what god bring judgment so let's have a party no love does not rejoice in iniquity even when your enemy fall love doesn't rejoice So I like the Apostle Paul because he's very basic and he makes things plain. He tells you what is not and then he's going to tell you what it looks like. What does love look like in the life of the believer? Hear what he says. Verse 7. Beareth all things. Believeth all things. Hopeth all things. And endureth all things. The characteristics of true love are as follows. Number one, love is strong. It Because it's strong, it can pierce all things. Number two, it believes. It can believe all things. It's hopeful because it can hope all things. And it's enduring because it can endure all things. Spurgeon called these four virtues loves uh, four sweet companions. You see, love is strong. Satan will try to place things on you. Ah, but God said he will not put more on you than you can bear, Adonai. The love that he placed within you is strong to overcome every demon, every wickedness, every pain, every sorrow, and every shame. Open quote. Love does not ask to have an easy life of it. Self-love makes that her aim. Love denies herself, sacrifices herself, that she may win victories for God, and hers shall be no tinsel crown. Close quote. Love is strong, Adonai. Uh, when things come at you, because of the love, you can keep moving. Ribandaba, love can take it. Ribandaba, love can bears all things. You see, the word bears can also be translated covers. 
you find this in first peter 4 8 where he says and above all things a fervent love for one another for love will cover a multitude of sin when you're in church, it gets wicked. Love will cover it. Love cover it over, cover it over. Ribandaba, such and such and such. Have done me such and such. Oh, ribandaba. But because love bears all things, it just cover it over. Ribandaba. There's so much things that comes out of relationship in church. Because all of us have different personalities. And some of us know how to get under the skin of each other. And some know how to press a button. And some know to gossip and lie and wicked but God says church of God get that love that you can cover it you can cover it over and just keep moving mm. there's a great quote from Spurgeon that says open quote I would my brothers and sisters that we could imitate the pearl oyster. A hurtful particle intrudes itself into its shelf, its shell rather, and this vexes and grieves it. Talking about the oyster, it cannot eject the evil. And what does it do but cover it with a precious substance extracted out of its own life? by which it turns the intruder into a pearl or that we could sow with the provocations we receive from our fellow Christians so that pearls of patience gentleness long suffering and forgiveness might be bred within us by that which has harmed us close Quote, when they hurt you, instead of turning it into a war, harbor gentleness and patience and forgiveness and cover it over with their wickedness. Say, God, make me into a person with so much anointing that I can cover it over. I can just cover it over and keep moving because it was designed to pull the worst out of me. But because you have anointed us, good God Almighty, we can transition from being irritant, from being arrogant. Oh, good God Almighty, where we can cover it over with forgiveness. He said, love believes all things. We never believe a lie, but we never believe evil unless the fact demands it. We choose to believe the best of others. Love, open quote, this is Spurgeon speaking, as far as she can, believes in her fellows. He says, I know some persons who habitually believe everything that is bad, but they are not the children of love. I wish the chatters would take a turn at exaggerating other people's virtue and go from house to house trumping up pretty stories of their acquaintances 
acquaintances close quote love believes all things it means when you see somebody don't stop believing the worst of them get to know them uh, don't begin to believe and to begin to judge them uh, there's a spirit of judgmentalism in church when we begin to judge people by how they look and how they dress and how they talk and what they do but we say we're anointing we're anointed rather but we're judgmental oh glory be to God but he says we must use our mouth to begin to speak good things instead of spreading rumors and gossip and wickedness but look at the good in others and say you know what oh God God Almighty I love sister Anne-Marie spirit and I love sister King spirit and I love sister Nashala I just love them there's just something about them begin to talk good about one another how can you be a part of the family of the Almighty God and all you do is pull up your chair around your table and you just talk bad you just talk bad but you need to switch switch up your mouth look for the good talk good man find something good pray about the bad but find something good when last did you call your brother or your sister and says I like the way you led the worship today I like your testimony today I love the way you dress today I love you and I'm praying for you I can see God want to use you you may not hear me but I'm holding the fort for you I'm bombarding heaven for you I love you Sister Anne-Marie, I love you. Sister Nashala, I love you. Minister Bruce, I love you. I just love the way you play the music. Brother Joseph, I love you. I love the way you play the bass. I say I love you. I love the way you play the drums. I love the media. I love their faithfulness. I love the praise team. I just love them. Love. 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 Bring back love. Bring back love. Bring love in the church. Bring back love. I said to bring love. Let love echo in the zoom let love echo on the facebook let me run on i soon close love hope all things when you hope all things love have confidence in the future love is not pessimistic i never worry about covid as a matter of fact covid is my best year I've done my best in my mortgage business in 2020. And 2021 has started off very good for me. First quarter and I'm looking good. Because love is not pessimistic. 
Love is not moved by seasons or times or circumstances or rumors or hearsays. Love is not moved by that because love hope all things. God, I see the pandemic, but you're the God of the pandemic. And because you're the God of the mountain and the God of the valley, even in the pandemic, you're still God. And if I have to wear a mask, I'll wear the mask. But I know I'm not going to die. But I shall live to declare the glory of the Lord. Endures. Love endures all things. Love endures all things. Love endures all things. I want you to put the word endure in there, Adonai. Love endures. Love endures. Envy. Love will endure it. Love endures wickedness. Love endures hatred. Love endures love. Love, Adonai. Love. Love. Lastly, love is the greatest characteristic we can possess. So after he finished telling them, he says, verse 13, Now abided faith, hope, and charity, these three, but the greatest is charity. Paul uses the ancient Greek word, agape. The ancient Greeks had four different words we could translate love. It's important to understand the difference between the words and why the Apostle Paul chose the Greek word agape. Can I go deeper? Greeks talk about four kinds of love. Eros. Eros refers to sexual love. Storage was the second word for love. It refers to family love. Philia is the third word for love. It speaks of brotherly friendship and affection. It is the love of deep friendship and partnership. It might be described as the highest love of which man without God's help is capable of. But you see, when the Apostle Paul began to look at Eros, he realized it's not just about sexual love. And it's not just about family love. And he realized that it's not about friendship love. But he says the church must move in a gappy. Why a gappy? You see, it's a love. Listen to this. That loves without changing. It's a self-giving love that gives without demanding or expecting repayment. It is love so great that it can be given to the unlovable or the unappealing. It is love that loves even when it is rejected. Agape, love gives and love because it wants to. It does not demand or expect repayment from the love given. It gives because it loves. It does not love in order to receive. 
It can be defined, and I like this word, as sacrificial giving. Absorbing kind of love. The word has little Adonai to do with emotion. It has much to do with self-denial for the sake of another person. Paul says the greatest of all is love. Love is the only characteristics characteristic rather that goes into the eternal state when we're in heaven faith and hope will have been fulfilled their purpose we don't need faith when we see God face to face we don't need to hope in the coming of Jesus once he already come but we will always love the Lord and each other and grow in love even in eternity we don't need to prophesy we don't need to speak in tongues we don't need the desire but we will need to love love is the greatest attribute of God and faith and hope are not part of God's character and personality God does not have faith in the way we have faith because he never has to trust outside of himself God does not have hope the way we have hope because he knows all things and is in complete control but God is love and God will always be Love, Adonai, love is the answer to everything in your life. Love answered the problem with husbands and wives. Love answers the problem in relationship between God and man. Love answers the problem with sin. Ah, when Adam and Eve sin in the garden of Eden, love and I never fail. I come by to tell you what an I love God with everything that is in you and love your neighbor as yourself because love will destroy hate love will destroy envy love will destroy strife love Adonai is the language of the church love love Adonai love all times loving the good times loving the bad times love when you're angry love when you're sad love when you're mad love when you're going through love when you're lonely love when you're disappointed you gotta love say God 
give me a heart that loves, love the wicked, love your enemies, love out of life, love, I dare you to love, I charge you to love, I command you to love, when it's hard, still love, love will bear it, love will endure it, love is long-suffering, love is patient, love is kind, love out an eye, I say love, come on church, you gotta love, this is a love church, love is a language, come on, love like Jesus, mounted the cross, for the wicked, for the wretched, but he mounted it, went to the cross, he died, for you, and for me, it was love, it was love, it was love out of night. The songwriter says, I was sinking deep in sin. What am I talking about? Far from the peace for sure. Sinking to rise no more. How many have been there? They gave upon you. They talk about you. Ah, they put you down. They deserted you. They ostracize you. Ostracize you. Say you wouldn't come to anything. And they left you to die. But the master. Oh, but the master of the sea heard my desperate cry. Love lifted me. I can tell you, Adonai, love lifted me. When nothing else do it was love it was love I know some of you might be hurting but greater love no man than this that a man should lay down his life for his friend are you bruised? Are you broken? Are you disappointed? They don't love you. I come to let you know. Jesus loves you. Songwriter says, Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. Who am I talking to? 
you're discouraged you're disappointed you have suicidal thoughts you want to give up don't give up Jesus loves you oh how he loves you he loves you How he loves us so. Oh, he is jealous for me. Oh, how he loves me. He loves you. Who am I talking to? He loves you. He sees your tears, sees your cries, but he loves you. Broken, but he loves you. Disappointed, but I come to tell you, he loves you. He loves you. Thanks for listening. Our mission here is simple to bring you the saving love of Jesus Christ through salvation. We hope you'd subscribe and share this podcast so you can receive the latest podcast in your daily victorious Christian walk with God. We also invite you to visit our website, www.adonaiministries.ca, to know more about us. You can also follow us on social media to join our live services online to stay connected. Worship with us this Sunday at Adonai Ministries Toronto, located at 1111 Finch Avenue West, Unit 34, Toronto, Canada. We'd love to pray with you today. Simply call plus one, 647-882-9708 right now. We love to appreciate your financial support and donations. It keeps the ministry going. We're praying for you. Adonai Ministries transforming lives for the kingdom of God.